Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Live around the world uh, on the interwebs at MichaelDukeShow.com and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. Hello and good morning, my friends. Welcome to the program. It is Wednesday, hump day, and the first day of November. You did it. You did it. You, I'm, I'm so proud. I am so proud right now. You did it. You helped me hold the snow at bay. I mean, I don't know if it was your your wishful thinking, your good thoughts, or if you were actively doing some kind of anti-snow dance out there, but thank you. Thank you for participating in my little thought experiment of uh, hopefully getting <laughs> hopefully getting to through uh, Halloween with no snow. Um, <clears throat> now, I know you folks in Fairbanks are blaspheming my name right now and throwing swear words at me on the radio. I understand. I know it's, you know, that's just not a possible thing in Fairbanks, but down here it's possible. <clears throat> and I am, uh, I'm loving it, man. I'm absolutely loving it. Uh, walked out this morning, uh, at O dark 30 or whatever with Bosco and, uh, was walking around the house in the yard and just enjoying a little brisk air and, uh, still green grass. Crispy green grass, but but green. It was it was beautiful. So uh, happy to uh, happy to enjoy it, and I'm glad that you guys are uh, uh, are with me on this. So thank you for your show of solidarity and everything else. Uh, this Wednesday edition of the program, we have got uh, a, a whole bunch of stories to talk about here. In hour one, <clears throat> I've got some more commentary, which is probably guaranteed to upset some of you. Um, but that's, I guess, that's what I do. That's, uh, that's what I do. And then in hour two, uh, State Senator Mike Schauer will be joining us. And uh, we'll be talking with him about all the hot news of the day and what's coming up here in just... Well, I mean, we're almost just two short months away from the beginning of the session. Uh, we're two months and, and, some, and some change away from uh the beginning of the um the beginning of the uh of the special of the regular session not the special session please lord no special sessions beginning of the regular session uh down in juno which is supposed to start on the 17th i think 17th of january i have to now i have to look because i hate it when i'm wrong uh 16th of january 16th of january so we're just a few short weeks away and uh, so I'm sure we'll get some details from uh, <clears throat> uh, we'll we'll get some details from Shower on some of the things and stories and issues that are out there and uh, and more. So looking forward to that in hour two of the big radio program for today. 
Um, all right. So, what else is uh, what's on the uh, what's on the agenda for t- for today? Sorry, got a little problem there. Um, the stories that we've got. Well, some stories of um, some interesting stuff down on the uh, down on the Kenai uh, on the peninsula happening. Uh, we've got the um, this this walkout that took place in the Matsu uh, yesterday, uh, which uh, I'm going to commentate on. And then a new retirement board recommendation from the Alaska Retirement Board. And a lot of, um, how do I want to say this? A lot of boohooing going on from state employees uh, over something in the retirement system, which I see, by the way, I see as kind of a useful ploy to continue to push the concept and the idea of a uh, defined benefits retirement program. I mean, they're getting ready. Can you feel it? They're getting ready for that full court press. And uh, it's, I mean, it's right there, baby. They, You can feel it. Uh, they are, they're getting things all ready and it's going to be a very, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a very interesting session. That's all I can say right now. And uh, we're going to talk about that, probably end up talking about that with Mike Shower as well, uh, because this is going to be, I believe, one of the cornerstones of uh, uh, of this session that that uh, the defined benefits retirement program, <clears throat> excuse me, is going to be one of the big pushes that you're going to see. It's going to be one of the big issues that gets discussed. It, uh, I mean, it took it came up last session, but it was not under the radar but it was really low key a lot of the discussion it, it you know it didn't it really didn't crack the surface that much um but i think it's going to be i think it's going to be front and center in this go around um and uh i'm i'm i have i have some concerns i do have some concerns on this and so we're going to uh We'll 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 discuss this here uh, in just a few moments. Um, what else might we talk about? I I know I don't normally deal with national issues, but this story was so egregious, um, especially in light of a previous report um, that I was talking about here not too long ago. <clears throat> and the reason I brought that up was because was because it was so egregious. Um, where uh, Reason Magazine was reporting earlier on a um, uh, related to data that the that the federal government spent three point three billion dollars on office furniture since the beginning of the pandemic, even as a significant number of their office buildings sat largely vacant. They were literally furnishing offices that were empty. And I don't know if you remember that story back from, um, oh, I don't know, back from early this month, sometime around early October, early last month, early October. Um, but there's been an expansion of that story and there's been more, some more details. And I got, I just, you know, I'm, 
my head is going to explode on this stuff. I mean, you want to talk about wasteful effort, um, you know, kind of thing where you just got this momentum and this impetus that people just can't stop doing the things that they're doing, even though they're wasteful and everything else. They're just in this dumb rote. It's like they're on a treadmill and they just can't get off. Um, again, we talked uh, back in early October about a report and data that was compiled by the government watchdog organization called Open the Books, showing the government agency spent more than $3.3 billion on office furniture since the beginning of the pandemic, even as their building sat largely vacant. And now there's a report from Joe Lancaster over there at Reason talking about there's a new GOA report, Government Accountability Office, which, I mean, I'm glad they have the GOA. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm glad they have the GOA, but you know what would really be nice for an accountability office? If somebody actually listened to them, right? I mean, that's what that whole, the whole premise of the GOA is that we're supposed, they're supposed to hold government accountable. They're supposed to do things. And we hear these reports all the time from GOA about government waste and uh, fraud and abuse and all these other kind of things. And people are like, oh, that's nice. And then they move on and nothing ever happens. There's never, I mean, hardly ever any ramifications or repercussions. Uh, I mean, you've got whole inspector general's offices. There's an article the other day about recommendations to the IRS that they've been making since 2006 that the inspector generals and GOA and other accountability you know, components of the government have been saying, you need to fix this. And the IRS has been like, mm, thanks, but no thanks. I mean, it's just it's 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 out of control. It's out of control. Anyway, this latest, sorry, I'm a little ranty this week. I don't know why, but I'm just feeling ranty. So this new uh, this new report from the GOA um, is a little bit unsettling. The upshot of it uh, found that even before the COVID pandemic cleared out offices and introduced much of the country to telework, you know, remote work, Federal agencies, this is the quote, quote, federal agencies have long struggled to determine how much office space they need to fulfill their missions, unquote. The federal government owns over 460 million square feet of office space this, that costs billions of dollars annually to operate and maintain. The GOA surveyed 24 federal agencies that use most of the federal government's buildings. Those include the Department of State, Commerce, Justice, Transport, Home Secu Homeland Security, and Education, as well as agencies like Social Security, EPA, uh, and then the GOA calculated the square footage of each agency's headquarters compared to the average in-person attendance during one week in January, February, and March of 2023. So they, they took, took snapshots of all this stuff. The report found that on average, 17 of the 24 agencies surveyed, seven, 17 of the 24 agencies surveyed, over two-thirds, used 25% or less of the available space in their headquarters buildings. Even the agencies at the higher end only averaged between 40 and 49%, utilizing less than half 
of the entire building that they have. This is not just a Washington, D.C. federal government problem. Uh, WTOP News reported in July that 18.9% of office buildings in the nation's capital are empty at a record high. And the first quarter of this year, the vacancy rate in New York rose to 16.1%, signifying 76 million square feet of empty office space. So this is not just a new problem. And again, some of these things go back to pre-pandemic times. To make matters worse, even as agency headquarters are mostly empty... Remember, they're only using 25% of most of these buildings. Federal agencies spend about $5 billion annually to lease office space from the private sector. <laughs> the, the, the GOA recommends that agencies reassess their respective needs using benchmarks that account for greater levels of telework. It also notes that there is a unique opportunity to reconsider the federal government's real property portfolio, meaning maybe you should divest yourself of some of this stuff since you're only using it 25 percent. I mean, again, 17 of 24 agencies are using 25 percent or less of their available <clears throat> of their available building space. I mean, it sounds like the perfect opportunity for some consolidation, for something else to happen. But don't worry. This just came from the GOA, the Government Accountability Office, you know, Office of Accountability. I just, it, you know, it just, it just, I'm, that's a great report. It will sit in some file somewhere in an empty office because nobody's there and nobody's paying attention to what's really going on. This is why, folks, this is why I try not to focus too much on this national stuff. But when I saw this article, it triggered me hard. And so I thought I'd share my frustration with you. Because why not? This is like my daily therapy session. 25% or less utilization of all these federal buildings, which we're all paying for. I... If that just doesn't cause your blood to boil, I don't know what to say. We're going to continue. we got more coming up. The Matsu School walkout and the latest on the PERS issue with the state. We'll return in just a moment. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. um, Um... I, uh, I, I just don't, I just don't even know what to say. That you know, I just don't even know what to say when I read a story like this, and you realize how many—I mean, f- half a billion square feet 
of office space under federal control, ownership, control, whatever. Oh, and by the way, they're renting another, you know, however many million square feet that they're renting from the private sector as well. And yet, two-thirds of it occupy are occupying those spaces by less than 25%. And the rest are only up to 40, 45, 49%. But we can't stop because that's how we've always done it. We can't stop. We can't keep, we can't, you know, we, we've got to spend that money. Oh, think about the economy. What? Think about all the people that would be out of work if we closed those buildings. Think about all the janitors that wouldn't be able to clean the buildings that are empty or the maintenance on the buildings that are not being used. We got to have some night watchmen stand around there and look at the empty offices because, I mean, he'd be out of a job. Oh, yeah, there's a reason why I'd try. I mean, sometimes that just it just makes me lose my faith in humanity that we see these things. We know these things. We understand that these are challenges and, you know, and uh, efficiencies that we can create. And yet we do nothing about it. It's the, you know. Oh, all right. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Um, everybody says good morning. Got audio and video. Yeah, Danny, thank you. Uh, sorry about that on that Monday thing. I don't know. Sometimes things just randomly decide to change their settings internally on this computer without telling me. And then I don't even know it because I, I can't hear, you know. To me, I can hear everything and you guys can't hear anything. And I'm like, well, let me figure that out real quick. All right. No special session. Um, today, Kathy Giesel is presenting to Commonwealth North at lunch. They seem to have a Zoom option. If you want to see the details, to tune into her talk. I'd rather have my teeth extracted, but somebody should probably watch that thing just to see exactly what she's saying. Um <laughs> Wait, Anthony says, 3.3 billion bucks for furniture? After looking at the prices of a new sofa in this town, I estimate that the 3.3 billion purchased exactly five chairs and an entertainment center. <laughs> oh, and Harold, here's Harold's commentary for the day. I mean, this just, again, a lot of this makes sense after his, his uh, admission yesterday that he is, uh, you know, a tick working off the government sector. Um, he says, government waste, government corruption, this is simply more dollars into the overall economy. Right? This is exactly the argument. Oh, all that government waste and fraud, that just helps the economy. That's economics. This is the guy that wants to tell me that Brad Keithley doesn't know anything about economics. But Harold's out there just like, oh, yeah, this is the government waste and corruption. That's just simply more dollars into the economy. Pay no attention to that. Um. Let's see. Uh, light bulb not included. Uh, Jim says, China has whole cities that are empty. Yeah, I don't think we should be emulating them. Do you? I mean, I'm just asking for a friend. Um, good morning, Alaska, says David. Cannot see the chat on Facebook. Try and reload, Dave. Um, square footage. 
Uh, we'll keep going through here. Um, uh, President reviews some of the schools wouldn't allow Halloween masks. No masks allowed. This is a bill said some of the schools, I don't know where they were, wouldn't allow Halloween masks. Let that sink in for just a minute. No masks allowed. <laughs> okay, we gotta go. The Michael Duke Show. Not your daddy. Wait, sorry. Not your daddy? Ooh, not your daddy's talk radio. Whew, I was scared for a second. Thought we were going down. Here's Michael Dukes and the show. Oh, man. Donna in the chat room says, well, at least the federal government knows how much they are wasting. The state of Alaska, nah. Well, I don't know what's worse, not knowing how much you're wasting or knowing exactly how much you're wasting and then doing absolutely nothing about it. But don't worry. Harold tells us that we shouldn't worry about that because that's just more dollars into the overall economy. That's called malinvestment, by the way. But I mean, that is the like that is the very definition of malinvestment. But that's okay. I mean, you know, whatever. Um, oh, I swear. Sometimes, you know, sometimes the show is calming and cool, and I feel great about it. And then sometimes I just like I feel like I'm vibrating, like I. You know, just so agitated. Uh, So here's the next little thing to be agitated about in so many ways. Uh, I had heard that this was coming and I looked at my wife and said, well, that, you know, this is what happens when you get a useful group of idiots put together. Now, I don't mean that on the individual sense. I mean that en masse, right? Because people individually are amazing. People on an individual one-to-one or even, you know, small group basis, generally speaking, are are brilliant. People are awesome of all stripes, ages, genders, whatever. But people and mass are sheep a lot of times, especially the younger generation who doesn't have the uh, doesn't have the life experience to understand, to make fully informed decisions, especially in today's environment where they are given no tools to be able to critically think or analyze or rational thought. Now, there's exceptions to every rule, and I'm sure your child is obviously Einstein's next replacement. But for a lot of these kids, they just don't have the tools. They have not been given the tools for analytical thought. That's just kind of the bottom line. So now we got this story about yesterday where hundreds of high school students across the Matsu walked out of class yesterday to protest a recent series of decision backed by school board members and administrators. So um, let me first say, again, this is a useful group for some organizations, special interests. This is a useful group to, um, to, to, to use, essentially. Use is the word that I'm looking for. According to the ADN, the walkout uh, was at 10 a.m. yesterday uh, in nine schools uh, at the nine. It was at seven, excuse me, seven of the nine high schools in the Matsu. 
The walkout was in response to what organizers called anti-student decisions from the superintendent and the school board. Those decisions include an expansion of high school graduation credit requirements. Okay, so when did we start asking the kids who are learning about life and education, when did we start asking them how much they actually wanted to learn to be able to graduate? I'm just, I'm asking for a friend. I mean, you know, can't get a tattoo, can't go drink alcohol, can't go buy cigarettes, but now all of a sudden they're going to decide how much education that they need, how much is enough. They also, all the decisions include also the board decision to drastically limit the role of the student representative on the board. Now that I have all the information on this issue, I think it's very interesting that uh, this kid thought somehow that he was an elected representative and had the rights to, he's a student advisor, student representative and advisor. He does not have a vote on the board. And he attempted to push the issue that he wanted to take a vote on whatever issue was going on. That's not how it works. That's, that's not, that's not how it works. Um, And so they took him off the dais, understandably so. Uh, Also, the school board direct investigation into the student protest because there were protests over that. And so they had an investigation, although it sounded like the investigation was also trying to find out if if um, the schools were infringing on students rights. It didn't sound like this was an anti student kind of thing. It was more about, you know, can we find issues? Can we can we protect the students with this? And then finally. A citizens advisory committee formed to analyze. They were protesting against a citizens advisory committee formed to analyze 56 books flagged by community members as controversial. So they're protesting a parental because this is this is made up of parents and other people. Uh, the citizens advisory committee formed to decide what the curriculum and what the books are for the children in these schools, and they're protesting it. The walkout lasted 56 minutes. A time span organizer said represented the 56 flagged books that they were talking about removing from the schools. And again, a total of 650 students walked out. Now, I, 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 the, the, the term and the phrase useful idiots keeps popping up in my head. I'm not saying that these kids individually are idiots. I'm saying that they're probably pretty smart. But I will say also that children are easily manipulated, especially those in their teen years, mid-teen years, as they're going through all these changes and the radical stuff that's going on. And your kids are with those teachers and those administrators and those other people who have a vested interest in making these things happen. They're with them six or seven hours a day, every day. Pretty easy to start to sway whole groups of these people into doing things. Again, why in the world would you send your kids into this pit of vipers i mean all these things this this whole list of things of you know of 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 issues seems like it was written directly off of the the here to the this the just recent 
vote of no confidence ballot from the NEA. Who is pushing behind the scenes for these things to happen? Now, I was politically aware when I was in high school. Not not to the extent, obviously, that I am today. But I was aware of things. I was aware of agendas that were being pushed in school. Uh, I still remember, and I've told the story before, about uh, being asked by my... <clears throat> Uh, by my uh, high school government class teacher, she gave all the students a quiz at the beginning of the of the term, beginning of the semester. And today I recognize that quiz as being one of those, um, uh, you know, one of those quizzes where it places you on the grid of, you know, left, right, center, you know, libertarian, you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? The political aptitude quiz, basically, that shows where you are politically. At the time, I didn't know what it was, and I could never quite figure out why this gal was so adversarial to me. I had a great relationship with many of my teachers, even ones that I didn't necessarily um, like. I was always polite. We always got along. I was always able to do fairly well. This gal hated me, and I couldn't figure out why. I was later told by another teacher who I had befriended after high school and continued to stay in contact with that one of the reasons why she, because it wasn't just me she hated, there was other students that were kind of on the same lines, but apparently I got called out specifically because when they scored on that test, I was the most, uh, I was like one of the most uh, conservative, you know, kind of free mind, free market, freedom-loving person that she'd ever, the only person that had ever beat me on that quiz that had gotten a higher score was my brother who took it the next year. Right? So they, they there's an agenda. There was an agenda 35 years ago. There's an agenda today. Only today they're getting better at it. Why would you drop your kids into this absolute just it's madness. It's absolutely madness. What is this student walkout going to do? Well, they hope that it will raise awareness. They hope it will raise awareness to what's going on. And while <laughs> and while school board members Ole Larson and Kathy McCullum are running for re-election, the walkout was designed to be nonpartisan and against the school board as a whole, not against any specific individual. I mean, it just happened to happen one week before elections of the current individuals who are the more conservative members on the board. This is so much BS. I mean, so absolutely so that was just BS. So much of that. Can you can you not see the hand? Of the NEA and the teachers union and everything else inside the meat puppet of whatever student is saying this in the in the whole deal. Oh, it's it's meant to be nonpartisan. It's not meant or to, meant to help any specific individual. I mean, I know it's going on one week before elections, and uh, you know that Ole Larson and Kathy McCollum are the most conservative members on the board right now, and they're the ones we want to get rid of. But it's not against anybody out there. In fact, we didn't bring any candidate-specific signage out there. Oh, let's read some of the signs. Let's, let's read for just some of the signs for a moment that were held up at this event. 
Okay, I'm just just curious. We're tired, says one of the signs. Oh, well, maybe you should get some more sleep. We will not stay silent so you can remain comfortable. What? We will not... What? We will we will not quit. Okay. Uh, I'm uh, all right. Okay. I'm okay. I guess that's I mean, what exactly are they pro What is the attempt here? This is just <laughs> This is just nutty, folks. And again, Every time I see something like this, and I feel like I've been, I feel like the last couple months or last six, eight, ten weeks, I've been on this kick about education. But I'm coming more and more to the conclusion that this is going to be one of the battlefields that we, as kind of free market, free loving, you know, liberty based people, this is the battlefield that we're going to have to fight over. Because what they're insidiously doing is that they are taking. They're winning over the hearts and minds of your children. And you are willingly feeding them into that meat grinder, all the while being upset about what's happening, but not stopping it by doing anything else. I'm outraged. I am. I am. I'm trying to tell you I'm outraged about what those teachers in those schools are doing. I'm outraged at the CRT and the and the books that they're forcing down those kids throats. Uh, Johnny, head off to school. I'll, I'll pick you up later. I mean, that, that's what's going on right now. You know, you, you are absolutely, it's abhorrent what's happening in schools. And yet you pack, pack Johnny or Janie's lunch and you send him out the door to ride the bus to school. Because it's easy and convenient for you. You, you better wait. You are willingly passing your children off to a group of people that want to subvert your authority and your leadership and your loving, kind heart over your children. They want to subvert you. And you're willingly doing it day after day, week after week. Oh, it's so hard. It's so hard, man. I got a job. I got this other thing and I'm, you know... And it's, then it's Thursday night must-see TV. I can't take the time to teach Johnny math at home. I mean, that would just be hard. But I hate, though, what the schools are doing there. It's time to put up or shut up. It's time to stop talking out of both sides of your mouth. It really is. If you disagree with what's going on in the school system... Yet you are willingly every morning at 6.25 a.m. turning your kids over to that school system, not to see them again until 4 o'clock in the afternoon. That might be part of the problem. I know it's convenient. I know it's easy. I'm sure it would be a lot easier if you didn't have three kids underfoot at the house all day long while you were trying to get stuff done. Or while you were off at work or whatever it is. But this just shows exactly how deep they reach into the hearts and minds of the kids out there. I mean, these kids don't really even know. I mean, it, it would have been interesting to take a tape recorder and walk around and ask these kids what exactly they're protesting about. Because quite honestly, I don't think many of them know. And secondly, why would you allow 
the why would you allow the inmates to you know put together the rules of the of the thing these are the one, we're supposed to be the adults here we're supposed to be deciding these things since when should the students have a decision on the graduation credit requirements or how a school board works since when should the children that are supposed to be overseen by this system have direct in I mean I I want to f- think about their feelings and what everything's going on but we're doing that because they are children and they don't understand the world how it works they don't have enough of life experience to be able to make these decisions that will affect them for the rest of their lives and yet we keep sending them off Every time I think about that, I think about some guy uh, on a skeet range. Would you keep sending them off and we can't figure out why they don't come back? It's because the system is riddling them full of holes in flight. That's what's happening. Okay. Like I said, let the hate flow. I'm sure I've made somebody mad out there. But you know what? Good. If you can't motivate, then irritate. If you're letting your kids go to these schools like this, part of the problem back with more of the michael duke show streaming live every weekday morning on facebook live and michaeldukeshow.com well so how many people did i lose here i'm sure i lost half the chat room because of that um because i'm done playing games with this stuff If you bitch and complain and whine about all the bad things that are happening in school and you still pack Janie's lunch and hand her and pat her on the butt on the way out the door to go to the bus stop, you're part of the problem. I mean, I don't know how to say it any more politely. You are part of the problem. If you know it's wrong, you want to complain about it, you want to get it fixed, but you are still willing to put your kids in the middle of it at the same time because it's inconvenient for you to do something else, you are part of the problem. Right? That's that's what's happening. like throwing a boomerang on a skeet range you throw it you expect it to come back but you just don't know why it doesn't keep coming back every time you yell pull and throw the boomerang where'd it go you keep losing your kids uh thought you were a question government person i think that's all i'm doing is questioning government at this point am i not and this is not right-wing or left-wing doctrine. This is freedom versus tyranny doctrine. This is open the hearts and minds and allowing people to make their own decisions doctrine. But, you know, there you go. Richard said, never thought of basic reading skills, learning how to write and spell properly, do math, learn history and other life skills to produce functioning citizens as right ring a wing wacko. Let us know how your grandkids do with a transgender interpretive dance degree. I mean, that's the thing. (laughs) This, this. My head is going to explode today. I'm just. 
you know, I, I've been doing this dance around this whole educational thing for so many years, and I've tried to be understanding of people who, you know, said, well, you know, it was great that you could homeschool or great that you had some other, but we just don't have a choice for that. You know, it's because, no, it's because you don't care enough about your children. It's because you didn't decide to make a sacrifice for your children. You'd rather have the 2.3 cars and the jet ski and the boat and the hovercraft and the whatever extra stuff that you'd have to do. Um, or make other sacrifices to send your kids to a, you know, a better system than what you're sending them to now. I mean, if you complain, if you're happy with, if you're, if you're happy with this current school system and you think it's great, like, you know, people like Harold do, he thinks it's great. He wants to keep sending his kids to great. That's, that's absolutely great. But on the other hand, if you're like a lot of people are like, well, I don't like this and I don't like that and I don't like the school books and I don't like the, the way that they're teaching history and I don't like, well, then do something about it. Well, I am. I'm trying to talk to the school board. No, 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 no. Do something about it. Pull your kids out of that if you don't like it. Don't keep feeding them. That's like feeding them into a wood chipper and be like, you know, I really don't like it when we do this and maybe we'll pull them out. Don't try and have a discussion about how to shut the damn thing off. Pull them out. Yeah, and this is all organized. They had Fairbanks students and a few adults protesting Matsu superintendent with signs at the corner of Geist Road and University Avenue yesterday as well. Yeah, I mean, what is that going to do in Fairbanks? Tell me exactly how does that work? Why would you have protests in Fairbanks about what tell it's organized, folks? Totally, totally organized. <sighs> See, I don't like to feel this way because I get so agitated. I, I try to gotta gotta put the thing back in the deal. And you call yourself a question government free speech sort of radio host. No wonder I miss Dan Fagan. Well, Harold, you know what? I could put you out of your misery if you want. I mean, I, I, if you'd like, you just say the word and I'll block you from the program. Say the word. I mean, I'm not going to do it for me. If you, if this is too painful for you to see these kind of questions where we question government and I don't see how what I'm talking about is not questioning government. If you, you know, if you don't want and a free speech, I'm saying things that probably make a lot of people uncomfortable. That's what free speech is about. And if you really miss Dan Fagan, I just say the word, my friend, I will push the button for you so that you don't have to be stuck in this paradigm of waking up every morning and listening to this dribble or whatever it is you want to call it. Feel free. I will push the button for you anytime. Let me know. Um, whatever you're drinking must have fire in it because you're on fire. I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm just irritated. All right, let's uh, jump back into it. I didn't start my timer, so I'm assuming that this is it. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio.
Yeah, the irony here is that I've been talking about I'm talking about parents who are don't have the self-discipline or the courage of their convictions to if they really don't like what's going on in the school system to do the sacrifice the sacrificial thing to pull their kids out and do what needs to be done. And uh, we've got Harold in the chat room who's kind of the same thing. He doesn't have convictions to click and leave. Uh, but he likes the attention. Give him the attention. You know, that's what it's all about. Um, we could continue to talk about this subject for a while, but I'm going to move on to another topic because, because I'm hearing lots of weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. It's coming. The next session is just around the corner, and I can tell you one of the prime issues with the next session is going to be the Defined Benefits Program. And this is all part of the setup. This is all part of the setup and the foundation for what they're going to utilize to push through a new Defined Benefits Program for the state of Alaska. Headline reads, Alaska Retirement Board recommends closure of widely used plan after analysis finds flaws from James Brooks over at the Alaska Beacon. He says the board in charge of Alaska's retirement system for public employees has recommended the closure of its commonly used managed accounts program after an independent review found workers were being charged high fees and receiving lower than expected returns. Managed accounts cover more than 10,000 of the 122,000-plus accounts in the state employee retirement system and were the default option when the state switched from a pension-style retirement system to its current 401k plan back in 2006. So, first and foremost, let's break that down for just a second. There's 122,000 accounts, well, 122,000-plus accounts in the state employee retirement system, in the PERS system, right? PERS and TERS. Um, 122,000 accounts, and they're talking about managed accounts. This is going to be the issue here in this whole article is managed accounts, and it accounts for more than 10,000 of the 100. So we're talking about what? What is that? 7.5% of the overall system? So first and foremost, we need to take this with a grain of salt to realize this is only affecting 7% of the overall retirement system. So just keep that in mind as we move on to the next thing. Many of those employees are only now discovering this, by the way, this is when they switched from the pension style, from the defined benefits to the 401k style in 2006. Many of those employees are only now discovering that they've been in a managed account program. I'm feeling a little duped, said Susan Ritter, an Anchorage District school teacher since 2007. Until recently, she'd been unknowingly using a managed account. Here, here I am wondering if I have to work an extra couple of years to catch up. Public employee unions, which have advocated to return to a pension-style retirement system, defined benefits, instead of the state's current defined contributions, 401k-style approach, are citing the board's decision as further evidence that the current system is inadequate. Our retirement system is not working, says Heidi Dragas, executive director of the State Employee Union. It's not truly providing a retirement for state employees, for public employees. So, so the problem flagged by the board is with the managed active, excuse me, with the managed account service operated by Empower, which is the second largest retirement plan provider in the country. Managed accounts are designed for people who want to actively rather than passively direct their investments. 
you know, because a lot of times with employ- with funds and everything else, you just put the money in, you tell the system what day you want to retire, and it buys these big, you know, it, it basically buys a bunch of stuff and then holds on to it. There's no buying and selling and swapping and doing all this kind of stuff. That's what a lot of retirement systems is. With a managed account, you can decide where to put your money, short-term, long-term, safe, not safe. You can do all those kind of things. And what 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 went on here, what, what the biggest point of contention about this is, and they go on to talk about hypothetical scenarios on managed versus unmanaged accounts. If you put in 150 at the age of 55, you'd had 356,000 at 65 if you use the one type of fund and only 320 if you use the managed fund. So that's what they're, they're, the whole point of contention here. But here's what kills me. <laughs> Analysis found 70% of employees presenting, uh, per- participating in the managed account program weren't using any of the active management functions. 70%. In many cases, participants only considered adjusting their expected retirement date. And as a result, participants ended up paying higher fees for services they weren't actively using. And here's the thing. This all came about because somebody actually read their stuff. This whole thing started uh, back in uh, during the pandemic when uh, the management system uh, was discovered. Part of this was going on by somebody who uh, discovered as he was going on. His name is uh, Dan McLean. He's a service high school teacher. He joined the Anchorage School District in 2007 and was among the state employees who were automatically enrolled in the managed account program. He found out in 2020 when he was paging through retirement documents during the COVID lockdown, after he noticed the fees he was paying, he started to ask other teachers about their accounts. I was like, oh, my gosh, tons and tons of people don't even realize they're enrolled in the program. Whose fault is that? Whose fault is that? You're given a retirement system that you pay into and the state pays into and everything else, and you didn't bother to go down and read what the whole program is about? And oh, by the way, how many times a year do you see these fees coming out? Are they monthly? Are they quarterly? Are they annually? You've been a teacher since 2007, and 13 years later, you decide to look at your paperwork and go, oh my gosh, I've been paying those fees for 13 years. I mean, it's our responsibility because... Because 7% of the people who retired didn't bother to look at their retirement system and see they were in a managed plan versus some other kind of plan? That they were provided with all this stuff as part of their retirement? By the way, there's plenty of us out here who are taking care of our own retirements and, you know, we've got to read every single document. And you just just now realizing that, you know, 70% of the people who were on this plan weren't utilizing the, the managed portion of it. They were just letting it ride. Well, that sounds like a personal problem. I mean, that really, come on, be honest with me. Can you feel bad for people who are getting a full retirement and because they didn't bother to read the paperwork the quarterly reports, the annual reports, the monthly reports, whatever it is that they get and look at the fees and look at how the things and they didn't read how the thing. I mean, you know, what my question would have been to whoever is in charge at my union or at my unit or at the state for this kind of stuff. You know, what my first question would have been, how does this retirement thing work? Explain it to me. What do I what do I get for it? How do I take care of it? 
What is the in and outs? Can I pull money in? Can I put money in? Can I pull money out? Can I move stuff around? That would have been one of my first questions. But instead, they're like, oh my God, I've been doing this for 15 years and I had no idea. Well, that sounds like a you problem. Not a me problem, a you problem. Oh, but it's going to be a me problem soon because they're going to come to the state with their handout and look for a billion dollar defined benefits bailout. <laughs> All right, got to go. The Michael Duke Show. Mike Shower up next. I noticed in this story, the only ones they're quoting are the teachers. Every quote in that story was from a teacher. <laughs> and if a teacher is too stupid to read their own retirement documents and figure out what they're doing with their retirement, can you really trust them to teach your children? <laughs> like, this is a shock. I've been doing this for 25 years. I had no idea. What was the first one? The first gal that they quoted in this story. Um... Susan Ritter, she's been a teacher since 2007. I'm feeling a little duped because she didn't bother to open the mail and read the statements. And this other guy, 2007. 2007 was not a great year, apparently. They hired a bunch of stupid people in 2007 who are only now, 13, 14 years later, going, Oh, well, um, you know, I, uh, wow, I, whoa. I mean, you've been, you've been working in the system since 2007, so you've been working in the system for 16 years, and you're just now noticing that something's wrong near the end when they happen to be talking about defined benefits. I mean, there's nothing to see here, people. Just move along. These are not the droids you're looking for. Move along. Two... Too legit to quit. Um, what is this going on here? Uh, Alaska Democrats. Has your extremist Republican governor been in office too long? Tired of MAGA loyalists attacking LGBTQIA plus Alaskans and gutting our state's future by vetoing education funding? Do you wish Alaska had empathetic leadership who does more than buy plane tickets for the unhoused? It's been pretty spooky in Alaska under Governor Dunleavy, Mayor Bronson, and other extreme Republican leaders. This is the Alaska Democrats. It's a thing by they're looking for a contribution. <sighs> My brain hurts. Just absolutely mind-bendingly hurt. Uh, all right. Uh, let me go back up here. See what's going on here. Too painful. Uh, if teachers are involved in getting students to walk out. Oh, shoot. I'm going to have to restart here in just a second because everything. It's taken 
seconds for the things to pop up. If teachers are involved in getting students to walk out, it's probably a violation of the professional ethics and should be reported to the PTPC. Well, I mean, I'm sure they're probably smart enough to not actually like eh, they're probably encouraging. But they're you know, they're I'm sure they're walking a fine line in there. I'm sure they're walking a fine line. Um. How do you know the t- uh, um, let's see, excuse me. All right. Uh, this thing is now won't take David's comment off the screen. All right. So give me, give me 20 seconds here. I'm going to give you some music. You're going to give me 20 seconds. I'll be right back. Did you miss me? That wasn't even 20 seconds. That was like 12 seconds. Okay. <laughs> Timothy's like, Wait a second, I was supposed to pay attention to my retirement by myself? Yes. Yes, you were. That's called being an adult. That's called being in charge of your own destiny. That's, you know, that's it's just, that's part of it. Um, wow, I have never seen a guy contradict himself in the series of in less than two minutes harold has posted four comments which i don't know (laughs) put up a shingle that'll wake you up says harold well harold i don't know if you know this but i have put up a shingle and i have for many years had a shingle i've had a couple of them in fact so been there done that My favorite, folks, if you don't want to see Harold anymore, all you have to do on your Facebook page is block him and you won't see his comments anymore. You know, and I'll try not to engage. It's just I'm in an agitated mood this week. And so I'm engaging when I know I shouldn't. I mean, I know I shouldn't. Right. I mean, I because you don't you don't feed the trolls. And I've been doing it this week. It's my fault. It's my fault. So, but if you don't want to see his commentary and be as agitated as I am, then you can block him and you won't see his comments. All right. Uh, Donna Ardwin says, my favorite quote from the retirement article was the investment fund comms lady who said, we believe it's an error for the Alaska Retirement Board to focus only on the returns. I mean, because that's what they're, I mean, again, we're talking about the stock market and funds and things like that. And that's all they're focusing on is returns, right? All this other stuff. Oh, my gosh. All right. I don't know where Shower is. He confirmed with me last night. um, And I haven't heard from him. So I don't know where he's at. But hopefully we get him, uh, hopefully we get him going on here in just a second. Uh, We will continue. Let's get to it. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Here we go. Buddy, put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The 
Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Live around the world on the internet at MichaelDukeShow.com and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. Hello and good morning. Welcome to the program. I suppose I should turn that on right there. How are you guys doing this morning? You ready for hour two of the big radio show? Uh, We're getting ready to talk with State Senator uh, Mike Schauer here in a minute. Um, (laughs) I mean, he's probably still asleep. Don't tell anybody. But uh, we'll get him on the program here in just a second and we will be... um, Ready to go. We'll be get, we'll be chatting with him about uh, wood ticks, lunatics, and politics. I mean, two of the three of those are interesting. Um, he should be joining us here in just a second, and uh, it will uh, this will kick off the shower hour of power this week on the program. Uh, what's coming up is tomorrow. Um, still working on getting Kathy McCollum on the program, who is also, we talked to Ole Larson last week. I keep wanting to say it's Ole. It's like Ole, it, but it's Ole, Ole, Ole Larson. I mean, it's Scandinavian, right? Ole. Um, anyway, we talked to Ole last week, um, about his run for the school board and I'm trying to get a hold of Kathy to get her on the program. If anybody out there has contact with her. I sent an email through her website, and I haven't heard back. So I'd like to have her on the program tomorrow before Election Day next Tuesday. And um, so we're going to try and get her on tomorrow. Uh, Working on another guest uh, from Reason. I'm trying to get Stephen Greenhut on from Reason uh, to talk about some amazing stuff, uh, the California uh, uh, educational issues that are going on there. And then finally, on Friday... This is like a reason week. On Friday, we're going to have um, uh, we're going to have Jacob Sullum on Firearms Friday to talk about the Benitez ruling, the ruling from Saint Benitez, as the as the gun folks are calling him, Saint Benitez. May he live all be living in peace. Um, who has struck down the assault weapons ban in California, and some analysis from Jacob on why he thinks it's going to be nearly impossible for the Ninth Circuit, the en banc panel of the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, to overturn or suppress that or prevent it from going to the Supreme Court. Um, it's a great article, and you should uh, go read it. It's over on Reason.com right now. Uh, I'm a, I just, that's what's going on. All right. Um, <clears throat> let's see what is happening here. Uh, I'm just going to try and call him because he's not there. I don't know if he overslept or what, but, uh, let's, uh, let's see if, let's see if we can get him on the telephone. And, uh, uh normally we do it via video, but we'll see if we can do this the old fashioned way and, and get him uh, on the telephone to get things rocking and rolling. Oh, your call has been forwarded. Nope, things are not looking good for your hometown hero. Not not looking good for your hometown hero. So that means I'm going to do one thing. I'm going to 
First of all, turn the volume back up here. And then I'm going to, uh, I'm going to launch the phones. I'm just going to, we're going to get the phones rolling and see what you have to say about this. Because uh, it can't just be me that is agitated by this stuff. I'm seeing some agreement in the chat room with uh, my uh, commentary on the schools and the retirements and the teachers and the and uh, all these issues that are going on this morning. Um, but if, I mean, if you got a counterpoint, I'd love to hear it. I'd love to hear a, cogn- a, 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 a cognitive, a, a cogent argument. I'd love to hear you tell me why I'm wrong. That's what I'd like to hear. I'd like to hear you to tell me why exactly I am wrong on this uh, and how I have been led astray by my own thinking. And uh, I want to hear what you have to say about it. So I'm going to throw the phone lines open <clears throat> for the minute until we hear from um, Ms. Mr. Shower. We call him Mr. Shower. We'll see what he has to say, and uh, we'll go from there. So let's see. Is it loading? Thanks for calling the call-in yep. line. All right. The phone lines are now open. <clears throat> I'm, I'm getting them locked in. So if you want to call in, I would love to hear what your thoughts are on this. Uh, and if you want to agree with me, fine. If you don't. Fine as well. I'd love to hear it. Uh, I mean, far be it for me to be accused of not wanting to hear the other side of the story. Like, I'm afraid to try and hold my own against for my own opinion. I mean, but never, never scared. You know, I love it when people are like, oh, you just don't want to hear the other side. Bring it on. Let's talk about the other side. Let's get down under the weeds on it. Let's talk about it. Convince me. Tell me I'm wrong. Change my mind. Um, good luck. <laughs> you know, I mean, maybe you can't change my mind. Maybe I'm so intransigently, uh, you know, stuck in my own mental mud that you can't do it. But, hey, give it a shot. Um, but, you know, be ready for some verbal sparring. I don't do the whole shouting over each other. I mean, we'll have a rational, reasonable conversation, but tell me why you think I'm wrong. If you're part of the employment system here in the state, if you're a teacher or a state worker and think I'm wrong about this whole retirement thing, where I'm basically telling you it's it's up to you, it's your fault, you know, it, I mean, 16 years later and you're just finding out now that, you know, you haven't bothered to look at the paperwork in 16 years, but you think I'm wrong, call me up and tell me why. 907-433-3150. If you're a parent who's like, I hate what's going on in the school system, but I'm still sending Johnny to school every day, and I keep telling you that you're screwing it up, and you want to tell me why you think I'm wrong, I'm here for you. I'm here for I'm here to listen to the words that are coming out of your mouth as to why you think it's okay <clears throat> to continue to feed your children to the sausage grinder. I, you know, that's how I look at it. Maybe that's not a great analogy, but that's how I look at it. I mean, as I said earlier, you want to wage a war and a battle over what we're doing with the schools, and yet you want your kids to be smack dab in the middle of the battlefield. I think that's a little foolish. I mean, me personally. I I would think that if you care about them, you'd put them behind the lines. In fact, you put them way behind the lines. You take them out of the battle completely while you're fighting it so they don't get hurt. And, um, you know, I know somebody's going to call up and say, well, my situation is 
Yes, your situation is tough. I'm sure that there are tough situations out there. I'm sure there are people where it will be excruciatingly inconvenient to take control of your child's education and put them in a private school or to put them in a pandemic pod or learning pod or a teacher share program or homeschooling or whatever. I'm sure that there will be sacrifices, great sacrifices to do that. Absolutely. But they're your kids. Aren't they worth a little blood, sweat, and tears? I mean, if you can inconvenience yourself to take your kid to every intramural soccer, hockey, field goal, lacrosse, water polo game that they can go to, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be okay to sacrifice a little and maybe do some of that teaching at home? I mean, right? Wouldn't that be, I'm, I'm just asking. 907-433-3150. Yeah, I'm kind of stopping on the whole pulling the punches on this thing because nothing's changed. I have been talking about this educational problem for years. And, you know, now that I have experience, uh, more experience than I start. 20 years ago, I had very little personal experience in the school system, in government itself. It was before I was an assembly member. It was before any of my kids had, you know, we, we had one kid in school 20 years ago. We had one or two kids that were just starting the schooling and doing stuff like that. But here I am, 20, 25 years later, all five of my kids have gone to school, graduated, done well, you know, high marks, good reading, doing all these things. We've gone through some struggles, t- different teaching styles, doing all that. I've worked in the borough assembly, so I understand more how government works in that regard. I've seen it all, and I still, nobody's listening. <laughs> Nobody is listening to what's going on. And we're having some of the same problems that I have been griping about and warning of for the last 20 years. And I've decided that maybe it's because I'm just being too understanding and sugarcoating it. And maybe it's time to just um, <clears throat> call it like it is. Uh, you know, for again, the example of that being that if you complain about the school system and yet still send the kid off to school every morning on the school bus to go into the, then you're, you're, you're part of the problem, friend. I mean, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but that is the truth. You are part of the problem. All right. Um, I've got one line on hold, and we'll see if they agree or disagree, or we can have a valid discussion on this, and then uh, we're going to go to break. So let's go over to the telephone and see what uh, you have to say. We'll start off over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Randy in Fairbanks. Randy, what is on your mind, my friend? Well, I agree with what you are saying, by the way, but I have a little kind of nitpicky little complaint about something I hear on the radio, on KFAR, something that you probably don't even hear because you don't listen to the commercials in between the breaks there. But KFAR has been playing this little promo clip for a long time, not only on your show during one of the commercials, but also on other talk shows it's just to advertise their you know call numbers and everything but they add something that i don't like it, it, i don't know if you've ever heard it before but what what happens is a, is a nice sounding lady comes on and says 
local news, national news. We are KFDR Radio, the heartbeat of Alaska. And then this nasty-sounding guy comes on and says, the reason that they are being so mean and nasty is only for one purpose, in order to get their voters out and retain their dirty, filthy power. And then, and then this other lady uh, comes on, kind of a harsh-sounding lady, comes on and says, these politicians are such hypocrites. And uh, anyway, they, they play this, and I'm trying to wonder, why do they do that? It's just negative. It's painting with a broad brush, and it just creates cynicism. I mean, I don't like it. I'm sure that that is probably built up out of like phone calls and things like that that have been taken place over the years. Um, and it's just, you know, they're l- looking for something that gets your attention. And it definitely got your attention, Randy. So, I mean, hallelujah, I guess it worked in that regard. Um, but you're right. I mean, politics is nasty. Politics is divisive. Politics is negative in many ways. And I think that's just kind of a snapshot of what's going on. You're right. I've never heard it. I don't hear any of the commercials either in Fairbanks or down on the peninsula or anywhere else in the state during the commercial break. All I hear is my own voice as I talk to the chat room. So you're right. I haven't heard it. Um, probably not a promo that I would have put on, but it's not my call. Uh, you know, if you don't like it, Contact the station. Tell them, you know, that you think that they're better than that. Um, But again, it's probably not anything that other stations, other talk news talk stations are not putting on there as well. Uh, Because let's let's face it. You know, what do we say? Bad news sells. Right. So if it's negative and people hear that, they go, oh, well, I want to have my say on that, too. And maybe it engages them more. I don't know of the psychology of it, Randy. But, yeah, I mean, that's kind of politics in a nutshell, isn't it? Well, uh, to me, it's, you know, what bothers me is it's not specific. It's not like saying, we don't want this 34 trillion national debt. You know, that would mean something, would have purpose, it'd have, but this is just, has no purpose. It just criticizes all politicians, sweeps with a broad brush. And I guess what I don't like is I one time uh, talked to some guy, said, oh, you going to vote in the election or something? He says, and he said, I don't vote. And I said, how come? He said, I don't like politicians. The stupidest doggone statement I've ever heard, but I've heard other people come up with stupid stuff like that, and 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 uh, I have a feeling that whoever put designed this is a person that doesn't even listen to the talk radio. They don't listen to the nitty gritty issues. They just kind of hear it in the background and thought, well, there's just a bunch of rambling nutcases all gathered around harping about stuff, and not realizing that there's definite important issues to be discussed here. It's it's interesting to see that you're so it's interesting to see you're so worked up about this, Randy. I I love that. Uh, Somebody just told me because, again, I haven't heard it, but they said it's a Mark Levin commercial. And what you did, that first voice you did sounded very much like Mark Levin. So it sounds to me like what they're doing is they're clipping out components from the Mark Levin show and playing that over there. But I you know, hey, look, man, this it is it's tough. It's tough when we've gone so negative in so many ways. Um, But. It's, you know, I, I guess it's 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 the way of the world today. It's it's how things are going. It's uh, one of the reasons why I try and focus on things locally, because they seem to be a little bit um, more reasonable. Let's just put it that way. A little bit more reasonable. All right, Randy. Well, I thank you for your call. I appreciate you calling into the program today. Thank you so much. I got one more line on hold, but I am up against the commercial break. We're going to be back on the other side. We're going to take that phone call. And um, we'll see what happens. Um, Just another beautiful day. 
here in Paradise, in South Central, 26 degrees, no snow. Yeah, I know you wish you lived down here too. Back with more The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio. Running on 100% pure beard power. Oh, also some coffee. We dip our beard in coffee. Ha, <laughs> nice beard. The Michael Duke Show. And we're in the break right now. Let's go over to the phone here and see who they are. We'll get their name and where they're calling from, and we can talk to them as soon as we return to the radio. Good morning. Who's this, and where are you calling from? Good morning, Willie Keppel out here in Quinnahawk. Oh, Willie, you know it was a good time to talk to Willie. All right, hold the line, my friend. I'm going to be right back to you, and you can tell me how right or wrong I am on the other side. Willie out in Quinnahawk. This will be fun. This should be fun. Um, yeah, You know, people are saying, giving Randy a hard time about this. Where have you been, Randy? That promo's been playing for some time. Worry about the petty things and gloss over the bigger things. You know, hey. I I don't I don't fault Randy on that. I you know, he's got a legitimate beef with it. It it is what it is. Okay. I mean, you know, maybe it's not exactly what we were talking about, but it, it kind of feeds into what we were talking about, right? Uh Jennifer says, "Please hire Randy to do voices for your show." Hey, I don't need anybody else to do voices for this show. I do that for a living. I can do whatever voice you want. Just tell me. I'll make it happen. Forget about it. We'll do it. We don't need to talk to nobody else. I got it right here. Whatever voice you want, we got it. Um, <clears throat> Michael's rant is contagious, says Jeannie. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever heard Randy quite that worked up. Um, I saw that. I saw that Donna said we could use a little boz today. Okay, Let's see. Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. Oh, up, 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 up. Oh. Here's, a, here's a little boss today. What do you think? Oh, yeah. What do you think? What do you, what do you think? Oh, yeah. Okay. Look right there. Who's that? Who's the bobby dog? Who's the bobby dog? Oh, who's the bobby dog? Oh, yeah. Who's the bobby dog? That's you. That's you. It's your good boy. Okay. Back down. Okay. Back down. He's such a horse compared to my last Boston Terrier. Uh, okay, so you got your Ruger, you got your boss <laughs> Ruger. I've called him Ruger several times. That's unfortunate. It's a little heartbreaking sometimes. Uh, but they got your Bosco fix for uh, again. Okay. Um, how about those? Teacher retirement benefits on the student success rate. The more kids that graduate and pass a basic intelligent test, they get a bump. Oh, no, you mean some kind of meritocracy? <laughs> we can't have that in government work. No meritocracy. They literally get a bump for showing up. That's that's the whole point. I mean, when I discovered the whole step system when I was working at the borough and I saw the whole step system for people who, you know, do we have any metrics for how well they do or improvements or anything? Oh, no, no. They just they show up every day and next year they'll get a bump. And then the following year they'll get a bump. And then the year after that they'll get a bump. And by the time you look at the by the time you looked at the 
Well, it's only 1% or 2%. Have you ever heard of the power of compounding interest? I'm just asking. I mean, sure, it's only a 3% bump, but compound that over 20 years and see what it looks like. Ooh, it's pretty significant. <laughs> right? It's pretty significant. Uh, okay. Um, uh, for years... Boy, I'd post this up, but Brian, this is going to cover half the screen. For years, the argument, conventional wisdom, is that the wealth people got wealthy people got wealthy because they had access to advisors and tools that the common folks don't. Those plans offered as part of the compensation package are designed to offer some of those same tools the sophisticated people have. People simply don't avail themselves of the tools and help, professional help, to make good decisions. So they just whine, bitch, and moan. You want to be treated like an adult? Do big boy stuff. Make adult monetary i don't know what the rest of it is because it cut it off on the screen but yeah you're right exactly <laughs> this is if they weren't complaining about this i'm sure they'd be complaining about something else now bosco's standing in front of the light come on sit down come on sit down okay there we go uh, all right, here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like and share, follow, subscribe, ring the bell. Last couple days have been wild, haven't they? Uh, we're going to continue this. Here we go. Jumping back into it. Common Sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Uh, well, I guess it... I was going to say now, but I actually was a little early. It's 10 seconds now. So... <laughs> What else do you want to talk about in the next six seconds? Oh, never mind. I remember now. Here we go. Okay, welcome back to the program. Hour two continues. We got your phone calls going on. Uh, no, no, no sign of, no sign of Mike Shower. I don't know what's going on. I mean, I confirmed with him last night. What, what time was it? It wasn't that. It wasn't that late. It was seven forty p.m. last night. But you know, things happen. I understand. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not too bent out of shape about it. I'm really not too bent out of shape about it because then I get a chance to talk to you, the listeners, uh, people like Willie, Willie Keppel, out in Quinnahawk, out towards Bethel. He joins us this morning to give us his thoughts on uh, what we've been talking about this morning. So, Willie, give me give me the showdown. What What's on your mind this morning? Well, first off, I miss Senator Shower too. He's a lot better to listen to than me. But uh, what I get wound up with here is I have a lot of friends after 40 years out here in, in the Lower Cusquim School District area, which we have, I don't know, 26 villages, something like that, plus Bethel is the hub. And I've met teachers coming and going, living in the village, they hang around maybe a year, then boom, they're gone. Yay, if you get a good year, a couple of years out of them, and, and they're still gone. And it's never the retirement plan that makes them pack up and go. It's always something else. Usually uh, they're not just not used to living in places with no beer, <laughs> no vehicles, right. uh, you name it, you know. But anyway, I, 
I have this these books that are in Bethel. They're still teaching. And I asked him, I said, why don't you just go ahead and quit the retirement system? I says, it's a loser. You you keep complaining about they're paying, pulling percentage of your your fund for account servicing fees on a regular basis. Why don't you just switch over and join the state's 529 program, which is the university systems save for your kid college college funding program. You make exactly the same percentage as the permanent fund that funds the state of Alaska. They do not pull any servicing fees and you can take the money out when you want. You're just going to get banged later on with having to pay the taxes on it, you right, know, right, yearly. Right. But there's no fees. And the other half is they don't allow out here. They Everybody except the school teachers are allowed to pay into Social Security. And I go, why is that? And they go, well, over half of the school board are retired teachers, and they want you paying into the union. And I go, well, maybe you guys should go out and campaign to get somebody different for the school boards and quit being so quiet. So the 529 program to me works just fine. I don't save much money, but it's a good way to go, and I make the same percentage. I mean, if the state, the the legislators claim they need the, they have that five POMB five percent is enough to fund the state, providing they can figure out how to steal your permanent fund. But um, if it's good enough for the state, it's good enough for everybody else. The way I look at it, and your money stays in state, it's invested by the state. And that's better than sending your money down to the state of Washington or the state of Colorado where the investment firms are at for them to play with your retirement funds. So I don't have any sympathy for the school teachers. They quit teaching school out here as close as I can tell. ABC123 is not even on the Richter scale of of a life necessity to learn anymore. Um, it's all about how often can we spend money to put sports teams in the air, give the kids a real a real experience, fly them to Nome, fly them to Anchorage, fly them to Juneau. Uh, it don't matter wherever the tournaments are at. They they waste so much money out here; it's unbelievable, and they never get anything accomplished. And if you want an education, then apply to get your kids into for high school. Get them into Mount Edgecombe. Well, why do they need to go to Mount Edgecombe? You you have one of the one of the most expensive school districts in the state right here, and it's not good enough for them. You need to send them elsewhere. So my sympathy for teachers is pretty low. They, it's for a part time job. The only it's the next best gig you can get other than being a legislator at 133,000 a year now you know I mean yeah. for 120 days that's if they collect the per diem every day right. for 120 days so right. part time job no sympathy for me well, that's and it's, where it, I'm at this it's, morning it's interesting that you mentioned the 529 program my understanding that was that's just a that's an educational fund right I mean, it's not built as a retirement fund. Are you advocating that we put the retirement away in there and then just draw it out and take the hit on the taxes? Or or is that, I mean, is that what you're talking about here? Yeah, the state doesn't ask you if you have kids. You know, I mean, my daughter, th- technically, theoretically, I still 
take half my permanent fund and throw it into the 529 every year and it keeps building up and I make exact same interest as what the permanent fund makes on it and no charges and you know I mean if your kid decides they want to go to college or trade school or whatever you can pull it out and use it for that but they don't they don't actually uh, force you to spend the money by paying for college courses or any schooling that's interesting. Uh, Donna says she agrees with you in the chat room. The 529 program, she says, is better than Social Security. It's got a better return than Social Security on it. Here's my question. Uh, in reading in reading this article, and again, I've never been a state employee, so I'm not as familiar with their retirement plans. I mean, if I was a state employee, you damn well better be sure that I would be familiar with all parts of their retirement plans. But managed accounts are only about 7.5% of all the accounts in the retirement system. So I would assume that you could switch out. If you don't like the managed account program, I'm assuming you could switch out of the managed account program into just a regular retirement plan without, without the managed extra bells and whistles. I would assume that you would have that opportunity or maybe take advantage of it and take advantage of this expertise that they're talking about. As I read earlier, and I think it was during the break, Brian said, um, that for years, the argument and conventional wisdom is that wealthy people got wealthy because they had access to advisors and tools that the common folk didn't. These plans offered as part of the compensation package are designed to offer some of the same tools that the wealthy, sophisticated people have, but people simply don't avail themselves of the tools. I mean, they're telling stories after stories of people who've been in the system for 15, 16 years and are just now realizing that there's been fees taken out every year? I mean, have you not been opening the statements and taking a look at them and seeing what's you just discovered it 16 years later? How convenient that this is the year we're talking about defined benefits. Well, I, I guess I got to kind of throw one more little thing in here, and that's... Uh, I had a school teacher in Bethel get on me a while back and go, well, you know, you got to quit beating on Mary Peltola. And I go, well, why is that? And he says, you know, Mary was the deciding vote to get rid of defined benefits in Juneau in what, 2006 or whatever it was while she was in the legislature. And I just started giggling and thinking to myself, well, that's because she was sponsored to go down there by Native Health, which is probably the, the biggest, most wasteful outfit ever health and social services department in the state of Alaska, you know? So yeah, take the money from one, go, go somewhere else with it for the other spin. Anyway, that's kind of what I had, but why not? Why not just take your money out? Why, why pay that percentage to somebody when you already have a state taking care of it for you? Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's a great question. All right, Willie. Well, thank you for your call. Thanks for participating today. I appreciate you uh, sounding off and joining us uh, this morning. Uh, that leaves all the lines open. If you would like to sound off on this, any of the topics we've talked about today, whether it's the schooling, whether it's the uh, whether it's the retirement system or anything else. I mean, again, <clears throat> I guess my big question here is what happens? What happens to personal responsibility? I mean, when do these teachers take responsibility for, uh, I mean, if this had just been going on for a year or two, maybe I could understand the faux outrage, well, maybe it's real outrage, but I mean, maybe I could understand the outrage. 
if this had you know if this had happened last year or the year before and they were just now discovering that they're getting all these managed accounts and it's costing them fees and they just they had no idea but this has been going on since 2006 16 years later they just oh my gosh i just discovered that i'm paying all these fees and i just don't understand and i'm upset about it I mean, first and foremost, I'd say, oh, you're, you're, you're getting a retirement where they're paying into it and you're paying into it and it's getting good returns and everything else. You're getting that. And the rest of us out here in the, in the public sector or the private sector would just be like, we'd be lucky to throw a few shekels into the pot every year in our IRAs or our 401ks without all the managed things and all that other stuff. Just, I, I have a hard time feeling bad for you. I have a hard time feeling bad for you when you weren't adult enough to take responsibility for your own stuff. I mean, when I didn't take responsibility for my own retirement, and it took me many years to get to that point to where I realized I probably should really be working on this. I didn't complain to anybody else that I didn't get a retirement because I was, because I didn't do it, because I didn't adult. And now you got people saying, well, we didn't adult enough for the last 17 years, so now we should move to defined benefits so that we can all get the billion-dollar sweet golden parachute. I don't feel bad for any of these people. I mean, I really don't. You, you made your decisions. You didn't open up the, the statements and look at it, and you didn't ask questions. I mean, if I again, if I joined a firm or I joined some company that had some kind of retirement system, I would be when I because when I first I worked for a company for a while that had that, and I'm like, okay, so tell me how this works. Explain this to me. Can I just put it anywhere? Can I do this? Is there something you recommend? I mean, I was asking all the questions. I knew everything there was to know about it because I wanted to be responsible for my stuff. No, no, they should hold our hands. They they should hold our hands. We didn't know. We didn't know. Well, you didn't know because, um, well, you didn't ask. That's why you didn't know. Because you didn't bother to look at it. You expected everyone to take care of you on that. And then you're shocked, shocked, I tell you. When you discover later that you haven't been taking advantage of what you've been paying for. That doesn't make any sense at all. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on, on, the, on the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Um... Brian said, it's a tacit statement that the state thinks its employees are stupid, at least too stupid to manage their money. Or maybe the state should take a look at the company they hired to administer the retirement accounts. Again, this this 
this company is like the second largest management company in the country. So it's not like there's some little podunk outfit going, well, I don't know, what should we do with that for? Should we invest in some of that? We got some new dog treat companies coming online. Maybe we should invest in that. These are some smart people that are doing this. They're obviously, again, second largest company. They obviously got popular. They know what they're doing. But you're right. I mean, are they, they just, they just don't know. If they were too stupid to manage their money, you'll think they would have put everybody in the in the retirement version where there's no where it just buys big chunks of the funds and then sits on it over the course of however many years. I, I just again, the fact that people can't take personal responsibility for their own stuff and then have to blame everybody else and act shocked is a sad statement on what's going on today. Again, I do not feel bad for any one of these state employees who are complaining or crying about this because, hey, Jack, you got a retirement. Maybe it's not as good now as it could have been if you just you know paid closer attention to it. But that's the point. You needed to pay closer attention to it. I mean, it, you know, right? I mean, that's what's going on. Cindy said, I taught uh, and helped our girls open a Roth at the age of 16. Told them they'd thank me at 50. You know, I wish I had paid closer attention and actually acted on some of the, because I had some of the information on retirement pretty early. When I was in my uh, late teens, early 20s, I started to get some information on retirement, how Roth IRAs worked, how these, you know, other things worked. But the thing is, you know, when you're 20 years old, you always think, oh, that's going to be down the road in another day. And I really need the money to pay for groceries or to put gas in the car or to raise these kids or do other things. And so there's a priority issue there, right? And you're thinking money today versus money, amorphous money somewhere down the road. And, you know, I made some poor decisions. That's just the bottom line. I could have put away uh, one dividend a year every year for those first 10 years and and had a ton more money than I have right now. You know, I could have done it. I could have put away 50 bucks a month every month uh, into into some kind of, you know, Roth or, or, or something else and had a much, but I didn't do it. And, you know, that's on me. Now, they were, they were IRAs and 401ks. I don't even know if there were Roths when I was in my 20s. But there were other retirement. There were things I could have done is what I'm saying. Right. I became aware of that kind of stuff and the power of compounding interest and all those things. And but again, I didn't have the discipline to take that extra 50 bucks a month and put it away. Because to me, that was somewhere in the future. I will do that in the future. And I ended up doing it. But it wasn't until much, much later. You know, I just there it just wasn't until much, much later that we would do. Um does boz like dog tv i will tell you we had to laugh so hard was it uh monday night sunday night terry and i were sitting there watching something and a dog came up on the screen for the first time barking and i guess it was the first time a dog had showed up on the tv bosco went crazy he's like he went right up to the tv like what is that it's so fun (laughs) i've never had a dog do that we laughed so hard on that. Um, Brian says, problem for tomorrow's me. Yeah, that's exactly how I looked at it. That that's a problem for tomorrow's me, not today's me. 
And unfortunately, sometimes you let those things slip. Now, I'll be paying the price for that for the rest of my life, probably. Right. It'll be a long. I'm not going to retire at 65. Not going to. I won't have enough to live on and retire at 65. But that's okay. I don't really feel I enjoy what I do. I mean, I'll be doing radio and voices and all, you know, doing voice work and everything else probably until I, you know, they scrape me up with a shovel somewhere. That's just how it is, you know. Let's go over to the phones real quick to see who's on hold, and we'll get back to the calls here when we return to radio. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hi, this is Barbara Heaney. I'm calling from the great community of North Pole. All right, Barbara. You hold the line, my dear. We'll be right back to you. Barbara Heaney, borough assemblywoman up in Fairbanks uh, with us here for a second. Um. Uh, no actions have consequences, especially for retirement, says Gary. I do not feel bad one bit. No, again, they're adults. They need to, you know. Um, Donna says, good point that Brian made. Investment companies should not charge fees for services not used. My invi- my investment advisor does not. Yeah. I mean, if that was the deal, that if they didn't use the services, they wouldn't get charged, that's a good deal. It, but... Maybe that wasn't the deal that was made. I don't know. But again, you you let it go on 17 years before you figure it out? That seems a little wasteful. Okay, one final segment this morning. Uh, We're ready to go. Barbara Haney is joining us on the phone from Fairbanks, Borough Assemblywoman. She's called in to ask some questions or talk about some things or give us her thoughts on all the things we've been talking about this morning. So let's go over there right now. Good morning, Barbara. What's on your mind? Good morning. Good morning. Well, of course, money you save in your 20s is always worth more when you're 60 than money you saved in your 50s. So it makes sense to save more when you're younger. Anyway, but that's not why I called in today. (laughs) Um, So the new assembly has been sworn in and taken hold, and there is an emergency or a special uh, finance and special assembly meeting being called so that the Fairbanks North Star Borough Assembly can join the Alaska Municipal League. Um, now, a lot of you are going, oh, ho-hum, why do I care? Well, besides the fact that 54, it's going to end up probably being close to 100,000 by the time it's all said and done. Um, but beyond that, the Alaska Municipal League is the organization that is lobbying hard to get rid of the PFD payments to people. And so if that's an issue that's important to you, then you probably don't want your borough dollars going to support that organization. Now, they will claim that they need to send the new members off to training, but the training is a free thing. You don't have to be a member, and it's a one-day Zoom, which is very different than sending a ton of people down to Anchorage for a conference. So um, at any rate, if anybody has sentiments on that issue, this 
you know, sometime over the next week or so, you might want to take a few minutes to bang out an email and um, kind of take on 2023-20-1K. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that we have uses for this money for other things than um, going to conferences and Anchorage and schmoozing. Yeah. Anyway, that's well, basically what it is. Well, it, it's interesting. Um, first of all, I guess, but yeah, I mean, I guess you've answered my question. I was going to ask, why do they have to have an emergency meeting or a an, an, a special meeting to jump back into AML the second that the new people are sworn in? You're saying it's because they said they have to send them down to the AML new elected leader training thing, um, which, again, I mean, what? Yeah, did, and, what and that's you, actually first of all. And that's actually what? Virtual. It's over Zoom, and it's free. So it that shouldn't cost the assembly anything. Right, exactly. So if it's, it's over Zoom and it's free, then why, then why do we have to have an emergency meeting to jump back in and pour money into it, other than they want to, again, create a coalition and align themselves with organizations like this that think that centralized planning of how people live their lives is the great. That's the biggest thing about AML. They're telling everybody in all these different communities how to live their life and toe the line. And if you don't like it, they they smack back at you. AML is not your friend, as far as I'm concerned. No, it's not. And if you believe in the payment of a full PFD or even a partial PFD, um, then uh, this organization is not your friend. Um, if you like the Anchorage Assembly, then this organization might be your friend. If you're not excited with the policy measures undertaken by the current Anchorage Assembly, you may want to consider if you want to align yourself there. Um, and, you know, I'm just going to leave it at that. If uh, people have sentiments, I know a lot of people were very happy last year when we pulled out of AML. Um, I got a lot of kudos for it from just regular people on the street. Um, and if regular people on the street are listening to this and they don't want us to join back in, they should probably consider uh, sending an email to the assembly. And you can do that by going to assembly, A-S-S-E-M-B-L-Y, at fnsb.gov and let it rip and let them know how you feel. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see if people get involved, Barbara. After the last voter turnout in Fairbanks, uh, yeah, I'm I'm still here. Uh, I just said it'll be interesting to see if people get involved uh, because after the last voter turnout in Fairbanks, I'm I'm not convinced uh, that people are really as engaged as they should be. Uh, it's unfortunate. I mean, it really is unfortunate that this is where we're <laughs> at. Uh, but you know it. I guess we'll see what happens. Um, you know, my theory at this point um, is that what will happen is that the borough will continue to go blue for a while, and then there will eventually be enough pushback to bring some balance back to the board. But just based on the turnout that we've seen in the last couple times uh, of elections around in the, in the interior and even down on the peninsula, I wonder if people are just – I don't know if they're feeling disenfranchised or just totally put out by it, but it's uh, it's definitely going to be it's definitely going to be uh, interesting to watch what happens here in the future. I'm hoping that people like you and Tammy and every still stay engaged, even though you didn't get reelected. And maybe just maybe 
we could talk about this next year. Uh, you know, I don't know. We'll have to see. Well, I'm I'm still there. So um, listen to all their wonderful arguments and think about different um, think about different things. But if uh, people, um, like I said, if you do not want your borough tax dollars, your property tax payments, to go to an organization that is against the PFD and wants to institute um, broad-based taxes, if you feel strongly about that, right. you may wish to register your, um, your opinion by withdrawing from AML and letting right. the assembly know how you feel. Um, I'm sure somebody like Randy Griffin would probably love to be a member of AML, but um, I really don't see much merit to it. And I looked at the agenda for their upcoming meeting, and I really don't see anything in there that I haven't already heard in right. house hearings from somebody else. So right. um, I just don't think it's an effective use well, of our money. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, I don't want and say, hey, I used your property taxes to go party in Anchorage. Well, exactly. Well, for a second here, because somebody just said, what's AML? That, of course, is the Alaska Municipal League. And this organization serves, as far as I've ever seen, really very little function other than a self-serving function of, again, you know, perpetuating what they're doing. They essentially uh, are a lobbying group for municipalities across the state. I think their argument is together we have more power and they do a lot of lobbying. Um, they do some of the new uh, new elected official training uh, and things like that. I mean, I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. But again, their political maneuvering behind the scenes uh, is basically a very pro-big government kind of movement. That is the philosophy that pervades AML as far as I'm seen. Uh, and as you said, taking of the PFD has become one of their higher priorities. But in past years, they've been pushing a lot of policies that are very much big government policies versus smaller, more limited government. Am I am I reading that right there, Barbara? Yeah, they are. And like I said, it's, um, I would say that, you know, many of the policy measures that you see implemented by the Anchorage Assembly probably came out of AML, or maybe AML got them from them. I'm not sure which, but there does seem to be uh, a similarity in thinking and in sentiment and in policy measures. Yeah. All right. Well, Barbara, thank you so much for coming on board and uh, joining us uh, today and giving us your thoughts. Again, it's assembly at fnsb.gov, right? That's where we send the emails. Right. Okay. Thank All right. You. Thank you, Barbara. Appreciate you calling in. Uh, that drops us down to the last, uh, well, <clears throat> I guess 90 seconds of the show today. All right, folks. Well, uh, I guess I had my say. I Again, I guess I got to apologize a little bit for being a little ranty the last few days. But I don't know why, but I came back this week feeling just a little salty about kind of everything that's been going on. And, uh, you know, in government and and uh, and everything else here locally and nationally, maybe it's because I've been reading a little bit more at some of the national stuff that I'm feeling a little saltier because I'm seeing some of the similarities. Uh, you know, it's kind of like monkey see, monkey do. You see things happening at the national level. The next thing you know, your local officials and your state officials are all kind of, you know, parroting some of that and trying to bring some of that madness into the state or the local level. And we just don't need that. We just do not need all those things. You know, people, 
Take personal responsibility. Everything I talked about today actually falls back to personal responsibility. Whether it's the government employees not paying attention to what's going on with their own retirements for 17 years before they make a squawk, or the fact that parents continue to gripe about the school systems yet continue to feed Johnny and Susie into the meat grinder that is the public education system and not take them out and take personal responsibility for their education in that regard. That's, again, it's all about personal responsibility. We got to go, folks. Tomorrow's another day. We will see you then. Have a great day. Okay. Well, we are out of time. Um... Uh, <laughs> sorry, Rob just said he wanted to talk to me about his video that dropped this morning at 5 a.m. If you haven't gone out um, and seen that, um, it dropped this morning. Rob Myers has got a new video up on his uh, Facebook page. You should go check it out. Maybe we can have him on tomorrow. We'll see what happens. He's a little bit under the weather. We'll see what goes on there. All right, folks, uh, we got to go. I appreciate all your participation today. And um, I don't know. I Apparently, apparently everybody likes the salt. I feel kind of dirty. <laughs> I just feel kind of agitated. I don't want to feel quite this way, but it does, it does have kind of a cathartic effect on me. We'll continue tomorrow. All right, my friends, be kind, love one another, live well. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. shed our terrestrial radio skin and now we are slimy lizard internet people it's the michael duke show